Hallelujah. If you're excited about what God is doing in your life, then just nudge somebody and tell them I'm crunk about it. I'm excited about it. About what God is doing. Come on. Hallelujah. Listen, we're not going to be here very long. Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6, and then Galatians chapter 4, verse number 4. Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6. Galatians chapter 4, verse number 4. I'm sure that all of us have uh, family and friends and whatnot, uh, plans and whatnot for the day. So I'm thankful and grateful that we saw fit to understand the real reason for this season and that we decided to come to the house of prayer to give God glory for his only begotten son. Amen. Not getting caught up in the commercialism and whatnot of Christmas, but we understand that it's all about Jesus. Hallelujah. He is the center of our joy. Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6. Now listen, you're going to have to keep them amens coming rapidly if you want me to finish rapidly. Amen. All right, all right. Amen. 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 I know we got some yams and different things. Greens and beans Green, and beans. potatoes. Tomatoes. Tomatoes. We, got all that, we got all that stuff waiting for us. You name it. But listen, right now. The most important meal that you'll get today is the one that you're about to get right now. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Are you here? Look at somebody tell them, fix it, Jesus. Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6, it says this. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Galatians chapter 4 verse number 4 says this but when the fullness of the time was come God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law verse 5 to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons and because you are sons God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts crying our Father. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant. Look at somebody tell him, I'm no longer a servant. But a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Glory to God. I want to talk from the thing this morning. Very simply, fixing Jesus. Fixing Jesus. As we look at the condition of this world, we understand that God also has a concern in his heart for his people. In John chapter 3, verse number 16, it says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I want to bring your attention to something in particular in that scripture. That word says, for God so loved the world. He's not talking about the earth, but he says the world. That word world comes from the Greek word cosmos, which means that God loves the order. Cosmos simply talks about the order of things, the structure of things. God says the order that I set in place has been uh, disrupted. It's been knocked off course. And the Bible says, for God so loved the order of things that he said I'm going to give my only begotten son to fix it. Y'all will talk to me in a minute. For God so loved the world, he so loved the order that he said I'm going to send somebody to fix the order, to rearrange things, to put things back the way they are supposed to be. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 28 that we are to be above only and not beneath. That we are to be blessed in the city and blessed in the field. Blessed 
going out and blessed coming in. Yes. And if that is not the condition of your life, then the cosmos of your life is messed up. But there's good news today because what he did was not send a band-aid to put over a problem, wow. but he sent a cure-all for everything. Yes. You know, when we were growing up as kids, you can remember, I don't know if you grew up in the same kind of household I grew up in, but my mom and them used to think that there was one thing that you could take that could fix all of your problems. I don't care if you had a headache, high blood pressure, they would give you some cod liver oil. I don't remember that. Some of y'all are a little bit too young to remember, but they used to give you, just take a teaspoon of this and you'll feel better. And somehow, some way, back then, it seemed to work. And then laugh, he was depressed, oppressed, and sick. He'll take some of this cotton ball and you'll be fine. Just go in there and take you a nap and you'll be all right. But it seems nowadays that we want to try to patch the problems. If, they got, if they're too active, they're ADHD. If they're not active enough, then they're ADHD. And we want to put all of these acronyms on people trying to fix something that God says, I already son. The Bible says that the boy was schizophrenic. He was losing his mind. He was suicidal and depressed. And it was all because of a spirit. And the Bible says when Jesus came down from the top of the mountain, look at somebody and tell him, here comes the cure. The Bible says that the disciples couldn't do it. But when Jesus showed up on the scene, that his problem was fixed. And I'm so glad that you came to visit and came to join us today because I come to tell you that I have the solution to all of your problems that Jesus will fix you. One of the problems that we run into in this country is that we have so many broken families. I want to take a moment and just pump my brakes a little bit and show you how concerned God is about the family. While we're celebrating Christmas and we're buying gifts and doing all of these things, I want to show you that the initial purpose of God sending his son was because he missed his family. Uh, he had a son in the beginning and his son was disobedient and his son was disconnected from him. And the Bible says that God was sitting on his throne and he couldn't feel his son and he came walking through the garden in the cool of the day crying out Adam where are you and the Bible says that Adam hid himself and said I hid because I was naked and God immediately enacted a plan because he wanted to restore his family back to himself I need to serve notice on somebody in here today that's not too worried about your family I'm not talking about your mom and your dad that you feel like you can't associate with because they got some issues. But what about when you had your issues? What about when you had your problems and somebody still prayed for you? What about when you were going through your mess and going through your situations and your trials? What about how you felt when people put their mouth on you and now you so high and mighty that you don't sit and put your mouth on somebody else that went too long ago that you couldn't pay no bills. That you was borrowing from Peter or PayPal. Wasn't too long ago that you were in the same situation. But now you done got you a little quarter raise. And now you want to sit and look at people like they got, I mean, I only come to me for money. What about when you needed something? Go to Malachi chapter 4. I want to show you something. Malachi chapter 4, verse number 6. You got to turn quick. I don't have no. Malachi chapter 4, verse number 6. The Bible says that, and, and, and before we get there, this is the last scripture that is written before the close of the, New, of the Old Testament. The very last thing that God says to the prophet Malachi before the Old Testament is closed. He says in verse number six, he says, and he shall turn the hearts of the fathers to the children 
and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Look at somebody telling us all about family. Now go to Luke chapter 1. So we closed the Old Testament saying that I want to return the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. I'm going to do this. Watch what he says in Luke chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. And many of the children, uh, uh, many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God and he shall go before him in the spirit and of power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready the people prepared for the Lord. Y'all just missed that whole revelation. Watch this. He closed an Old Testament talking about his family. I want the hearts of the fathers back to the children, the hearts of the children back to the fathers. He opens up the New Testament talking about the same thing he was talking about in the Old Testament. Y'all want to have feel good church. I can't preach. So watch this. This is what that really means. See, what you don't understand is there were 400 years between the last writing in the Old Testament and the first writing of the New Testament. There was 400 years that God closed up heaven. You got to see this with your sanctified imagination. 400 years passes and God closes the doors of heaven. Closes the windows of heaven. Now in that Malachi chapter 3, he was just talking about if you pay your tithes, I'm going to open up the windows. Where he closes the windows and does not say a word to man for 400 years. And when he starts back talking 400 years later, he's talking about the same thing. I'm ready to restore my family. Now you got to see how Isaiah comes into play. And this is going to bless somebody in here today. In Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, when he says a child is born and a son is given to us. Look at somebody and say us. You got to understand that this wasn't for everybody else. God said, I want my family back. And the scripture specifically says, for unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given. Who is God talking about? Who is the us? The us is his family. So watch what happens. Isaiah prophesies this 700 years before Jesus ever came. This is going to help somebody. 700 years passes by. And Isaiah looks like a fool until Galatians shows up and tells us why God took his time. I'm helping somebody in here today that don't understand that you've been praying for some stuff and you don't understand why God seems to be dragging his feet. You don't understand why God seems to be taking his time in answering your prayers. But I've come to give you this one thing that he's already fixed it. Let me help you with this. Let me give you some statistics. Watch this. The Bible says that he is a mediator. It's going to be good to you. 40% of children in America today are being raised without their fathers. Somebody say that's broken. Of all children born to married parents this year, 50% will experience the divorce of their parents before they reach their 18th birthday. Say that's broken. That's broken. A child in a female-headed home is ten times more likely to be beaten or murdered. Somebody say that's broken. That's broken. Most victims of child molestation come from single-parent households or are the children of a drug ring member. Somebody say that's broken. Seventy percent of long-term prison inmates grew up in broken homes. That's broken. People who come from broken homes are almost twice as likely to attempt suicide than those who do not come from broken homes. Somebody say that's broken. Children of divorced parents are roughly two times more likely to drop out of high school than their peers who benefit from living with parents who do not divorce. There's also documented proof of, uh, of those who come from broken homes having lower grades and psychological problems. As a matter of fact, I came to this conclusion this morning. Broken people get married and then say their marriage is broken. Those same two broken people well, that said well, their marriage well, broken well, well. got married even though they knew they were broken. Produce some broken kids who don't have some more broken kids. And the generations just keep on going. And the broken is just continuing. 
We got somebody to tell them, fix it, Jesus. That unhappiness that you feel, that loneliness that you feel, that void that you feel won't be fixed by somebody buying you Christmas gifts. But it'll be uh, fixed by you accepting God's greatest gift. We got somebody to tell them, fix it. The problem with most people is that they don't realize they're broken until somebody shows them that they're broken. Y'all ain't gonna talk back to this one. I'll use a real life analogy here. A real life analogy is every one of us will drive in a vehicle even when the morning light comes on. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll let the all light will come on. The ABS light will come on. The engine light will come on. And we'll still drive the car because it ain't stopped just because it is still functioning does not mean it's not broken. You got some people that come to church with a smile and it's still broken. You got people who serve on ministries that's still broken. You got people who preach in the pulpit that's still broken. You can be gifted and talented and yet be. Since I need a guarantee, uh -huh. yeah, yeah. 
Oh my 
from their pocket to the hill called Calcutta. The place of the skull that they stretched them out. Y'all got to catch this. They nailed his hands to the cross. Can't you see him wincing with pain with every beat of the hammer? But what you gotta catch is that he wasn't there for himself. All of that had to be done to fix it. And so he stayed there and let him nail his hands. The Bible says that after they got done nailing his hands, that they nailed his feet. And after they nailed his feet, they erected the cross. At that time, his body weight fell forward, brother ripping the holes in his hands. As he hung there on the cross, not concerned about himself, but worried about fixing the cosmos. As a mediator, with there being a gap between God and man, it's no mistake that they stressed him why. Watch the symbolism. As he hung between two thieves and says, I'm hanging it. In the middle. If you want my hand, I know that you hadn't walked with me all your life, but I'm hanging in the middle of the unrighteous and the righteous because the thief on the right side said, Forgive us. The one on the left side. If you are the Christ, then save yourself and save us. He said, if I come down, I can't fix it. But if I hang here, just a minute, I won't come. If I hang here, just a minute, I won't come. Everything that you've done in your
that he'll fix it. He asked for my problems. He asked for them. Cast off of your kids. Hallelujah. What? Not some of them. Hallelujah. Not a few of them. Hallelujah. And if he's gonna care, then I don't care. No worries, no stress, rest, and peace, joy, unspeakable joy.
impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Listen, before we get out of here, I want to say this to you. And the Holy Spirit revealed this to me just as we were praising. That there are some of you that have never felt the presence of God until this day. And he told me to tell you that it's, it's not in the tears, but there's that feeling. That warmth that you felt was him moving in you.